Now, you might notice that is not our membership series. <laughs> so we taught in the membership series last week. We're in the middle of that series, and I, I concluded it just felt so out of place. It just felt so awkward talking about membership when there were so many other things on our minds. So I thought I'd set the membership aside. We'll return to it at some point once the dust settles from all of this coronavirus. But I thought there's so many things on our minds right now, I might as well start talking about the things on our minds. So it is a spiritual survival guide. We're going to spend three weeks talking about a spiritual survival guide for outlasting an outbreak. And in this series, we're going to talk about a few different things. Uh, and, and we'll kind of hit these each week, a different topic that will help you survive. Today, this one is have an anchor. See, when things get chaotic, we all need an anchor. Everybody who goes out on a boat, you know, you gotta have an anchor. And when the waves are rough, you need an anchor. When things are unknown and chaotic, you need an anchor. And lately, Things have been chaotic. And so things are changing faster than we can keep up with it, and even faster than we can emotionally process these changes. So for many of you, you're at home all day now. You're working from home, or maybe you've got your hours cut or even lost your job. Um, you're, th th you're at home. The kids are at home. You're going crazy, and God help you. If anyone uses more than four squares of toilet paper, your wrath is coming down on them because we are all on toilet paper lockdown. It's crazy. And then the news. There is more corona news going on than any one of us could conceive in a life, that um, can read in a lifetime. Um, and then the emails are just endless. No, Maplewood Toyota, I do not care that you are interested in my health and safety. Delete. They just keep coming. And then, and then there's the, the issues and conflict over Hmong funerals. That just exploded this weekend. And then all of that, and then the very real possibility that Minnesota could institute a shelter in place in the very near future. All of that happens, has happened so quickly, and that is a lot to process. So this has been a difficult time for most of us. That's just a reality. It's been a challenging, it's been a difficult time. And so it's, it, during difficult times, it's really natural to start questioning God. We start asking questions like, God, where are you in all this? How can I keep my faith strong in a time of crisis? Or even, God, how could you let this happen? Or maybe you're wondering, will my faith protect me if I believe in God and trust God long enough or hard enough? See, we're all going to be asking these types of questions at one time or another. We all do. And so... We ask these questions when we go through bad times. It's very natural. And so I just want to help us think about these biblically. And so 
we'll start with this. The New Testament has two words that they use to describe bad times. Okay? So first is trials. So trials are things that happen to you, like sickness, job loss, running out of rice. Those are trials. Those are things that happen to you. Now, the New Testament also has another word, temptations. These are things you want to do, but you know are wrong. Okay? Like eating all the junk food in your house by the third day of staying home. And all of a sudden, you're out of junk food, and you're like 10 pounds heavier than you were when all this started. <laughs> so these are temptations. And we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that speaks directly about bad times, about these trials and temptations. And we're actually going to look at the book of James. And so this is the book that we read earlier. We're going to look at just a few verses of that. So as I mentioned, uh, James was, one of the, was likely the earliest book out of the New Testament. It was maybe 50 to 65, 62, 65 A.D. Uh, it was written by James, the, the brother, or technically the half-brother, same mom, different dad. Just think about that for a sec. Okay? It was written by James, and he was a leader in the Jerusalem church. And he was writing a letter to his fellow believers who were scattered. And, and so to describe their chaotic times, James uses a metaphor of a boat in the middle of a storm with waves hitting it and the boat is getting tossed back and forth and the waves are slamming it and slamming it and slamming it. Isn't that a pretty good metaphor for what it feels like nowadays? Nothing is steady. Nothing is stable. And the news and your reports from your company and your family just keep hitting one after another after another. And it just won't stop. So a lot of times we can feel like we're in a little tiny boat in the middle of a big, big storm. And James talks to us in that boat. And so we're going to look in the first chapter, just a few of the verses, uh, verses 16 to 18. And, and see, James gives in those verses what everybody in a boat needs, a good anchor. Everybody needs, if you're in a boat, you need a good anchor. And in those few verses of chapter 1, verse 16 to 18, James gives you one. So, he gives you an anchor for our bad times. So what is that anchor? Well, he says that our good God is the anchor during our bad times. Our good God is the anchor during our bad times. Now, why is this so important? Well, I'm going to let the gang from the Peanuts comic strip explain it to you. So here's Lucy and Linus sitting at a window on a rainy day. And Lucy says, boy, look at that rain. What if it floods the whole world? Linus, always the theologian, responds, it will never do that. 
in the ninth chapter of Genesis, God promised Noah that, that he would never, it would never happen again. And the sign of that promise is the rainbow. Lucy has a big smile on her face. She says, wow, you've taken a great load off my mind. To which Linus responds, sound theology has a way of doing that. Sound theology has a way of doing that. And right now, a lot of us have a great load on our minds. And you know what? Sound theology has a way of taking that load off our minds. And that's why it's important to remember that our good God is the anchor during our bad times. Well, let's look at James as he, as he fleshes this, this idea out. So James actually talks about three different components of God's goodness. Three flukes of an anchor. By the way, did you know that that's what these things were called? Flukes. I did not. I had to look that up. So three flukes of an anchor. You know, I really should have picked a lighter prop. This is a full-on anchor. I'm going to be sore tomorrow morning just from preaching. Man. So James gives three flukes, three components of our good God as our anchor during bad times. Let's get to him. First, he says, don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived. Actually, you know what? We'll read the whole thing. Here we go. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Amen to that indeed. So let's start with this. Don't be deceived. Now that's our first clue about what happens when, when our, what happens in our minds and our hearts when we go through bad times. It is so natural, so likely that we could be deceived. James has to say it outright. Don't be deceived. See, we get deceived during our bad times because we start to believe wrong things about God. We start to believe some bad theology. And that's how we get deceived. We start thinking that God really isn't all that good. Or that God isn't loving, or he isn't present, or he isn't powerful. And we start to question God. That's us getting deceived. So thankfully, he, uh, James doesn't just leave us here by telling us don't get deceived. He gives us some good theology. He gives us some anchors, some parts of our anchor to latch on to. Let's get to the first part. God gives us good things. God gives us good things. See, that's the first thing that, that James tells us, and this is so important. Listen to the verse. 
Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. See, in Greek, this is just beautiful. This is like poetry. It literally translates every good act of giving and every perfect gift comes from God. Every good act of giving and every perfect gift, that's what comes down from God. And this idea was not original to James. Jesus taught it in the Sermon on the Mount. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? How much more will God give good gifts? God gives us good things. See, during our bad times, during our trials, our temptations, we can sometimes think that God doesn't give good things. Maybe you've been hit by one wave after another, after another of bad things. And you begin to believe that God doesn't really give good things. Maybe to other people but not to you. See, you might think that God withholds good things. And, and see, something happens when you start to believe that. When you start to believe that God doesn't give good things, you start to go out and grab them for yourself. You go out and start grabbing anything that you think is good, anything that you think will satisfy you or give you meaning or give you love. And you start grabbing them all by yourself. Well, that's one of our flukes. Now, there's another fluke. The second thing that James talks to us about, the second part of our good God anchor is this. God doesn't change. God doesn't change. So, listen to this verse. These are the, the gifts coming down from the Father of the heavenly light who does not change like shifting shadows. He does not change like shifting shadows. So, when I was a kid, my family went camping a lot. And it was really fun. We'd sit in the tent. And one of, the, one of the, my favorite things to do at night, once it got dark, is I would take the flashlight, and yet you ever shine it up in the trees and move it really quickly? I would take a couple flashlights and try to find our big Mongo flashlight that only my dad could use, try to find that and shine that up in the flashlight, uh, up in the trees. And it was really cool because not only would the light bounce off the trees, but then it would cast shadows. And then as I moved the flashlight, these shadows would shift and fly like they're jumping from treetop to treetop. And, you know, as a little eight-year-old, that was just fascinating because it was, like, cool and creepy at the same time, and it was exciting, and I, and I just loved it. Well, that might be great as an eight-year-old in Southern California, but shifting shadows are pretty horrible when your world is chaotic around you. You don't want shifting shadows 
You want things that are stationary, things that are solid. You want to be able to plant your two feet solidly on the ground. See, during our hard times, we don't want things to shift around. That's part of what's making this time we're living in right now so difficult. Literally just nine days ago, I was writing a Facebook post to put up online to tell all of you, hey, you know what, we got some extra hand sanitizer stations, and let's not shake hands when we come to church, and we, we're doing some extra cleaning, but everything's going to be fine. That was obsolete almost within a few hours. And now whatever I wrote last week feels antiquated now. In fact, I'm, I'm going to be joining a, a podcast conference call on Tuesday to talk about what we're doing in services, and I can't even prepare for it because who knows what Tuesday is going to be like. These shifting shadows are mentally and emotionally exhausting, and that's why it's comforting to know God is not like them. God is not like the shifting shadows. God does, not, God does not change. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Well, there's a third part. There's a third part to the anchor here. We've seen two. There's a third. God wants to give us life. God wants to give us life. Listen to this. He chose, speaking of God, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. He chose to give us birth. He wants to give us life. See, earlier in verse 15, James says, and, and we heard it earlier when we were doing our scripture reading, that, that desire gives birth to sin which gives birth to death. See, a lot of times we look at sin and think that it brings us life. I just want to have a little fun. I just want to live a little. Or I need a break from all this. I can't handle it. Or I deserve this. It's been really hard lately. And when we start believing that sin gives us more life than God, we've been deceived. When we start believing that sin gives us more life than God, we've been deceived. So let's review. Our good God is the anchor during our bad times. And there are three parts that James talks about of God's goodness. First, God gives us good things. Second, God doesn't change. And third, God wants to give us life. Well, at this point, you might be wondering, why is it so important to have a right view of God when we go through trials and temptations. What difference does it make that we remember that our good God is our anchor during our bad times? 
Well, it's because what we think and feel about God will affect how we act in response to our bad times. See, how we think and how we feel about God during those bad times, it will affect, it will drive the choices that we make. For instance, if you don't believe that God gives good things, you'll turn to other things that you think are good. Or you'll give into temptations for the promise of a good thing. If you think that God changes or he's unreliable, you'll be disappointed in him when bad things come. Or maybe you won't turn to him because you don't see him as trustworthy when your life comes crashing down on you. Or if you don't believe that God that, that God is where the best life can be found. If you don't believe that, then you're going to try to take life from your job, from your spouse, your bank account, your social media. You're going to try to take life from other places if you don't believe that God wants to give you life. And you're going to listen to the world or your culture or your family. You're going to listen to these other places for, for what should give you life. Well, imagine, imagine what our lives could, would be like if we held on to this idea, if we held on to this anchor of our good God during our bad times. Imagine facing temptation and not giving in. Imagine going through that trial and coming out with a stronger faith than you had at the beginning. See, nearly everybody believes that the coronavirus is going to get worse before it gets better, at least here in the States. That means we are in for more trials and more temptations. And that means you are going to face some bad times this week. Something's going to happen to you. Or you're going to do something. Or you're going to face a temptation. And you're going to have to decide what to do. So remember that our good God is the anchor during our bad times. In particular, remember that God gives good things. God doesn't change. And God wants to give us life. Hold on to these truths. Hold on to these three truths like your life depended on it. Because you know what? In a lot of ways, it does. James knew that. That's why he warned us, don't be deceived, dear brothers and sisters. Don't be deceived, River Life family. Because these are times where it's really easy to have some wrong theology. And remember, when our minds get filled and burdened down, sound theology has a great way of lightening our burden.
So, I leave you with this. I leave you with this quote. I find joy in every day. Not because life is always good, but because God is. Join me in prayer. God, you are good. We recognize you. We affirm your goodness in this universe and in our life. Help us remember your goodness. Give us eyes to see your goodness all around us. Give us ears to hear the good amidst the bad. And give us souls that lean into you when things get hard. Souls that trust you. Souls that cling to you. Our good God as our anchor. So Lord, I I pray specifically for all of the families out there, Lord, who have lost jobs, lost hours, lost lunches at school. God, I pray that you are close to them and you meet them and you supply them and you bless them. And I pray, I pray for us as River Life Church scattered across the, tri- the Twin Cities that we can be a blessing to others. And I pray for all the churches that are meeting online, that are meeting in homes, that are meeting in in, uh, individual streams. Lord, rise. Let us rise to bless this world in your name. Let us give good gifts because you give good gifts, God. And let us do so with grateful hearts. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. Thanks, everyone.